I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 453. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Happy New Year! I can't believe it's 2023 already. Uh, I am recording this episode from the lake, our family's happy place, and what a gift it is to be here. It's a place where I can rest and recharge in the beauty of nature and the fellowship of family and some of the best neighbors ever. But I read a quote this week that stopped me short. Uh, The author said, rest is a holy rhythm, not a prize to be earned. And I don't really follow this like I should. I often use rest as a reward for getting things done. And this is absolutely something I want to change in 2023. I want to be more intentional to make it a part of the rhythm of my life. But one rhythm that has been life-changing for me is the rhythm of consistently interacting with God's Word. Now, each week I share my Bible interaction tool exercises with you. I call them Bites for short. And I thought the new year was the perfect time to equip you with a whole list to try out. Now, I had not planned on using a song or any scripture in this episode, but then as I was reading in my personal time, I was drawn into a psalm, and then the Spirit gently reminded me that God's Word is way more important than any list of my curated bites. And then I found a song about the psalm, and well, I just couldn't help myself. So the ladies of Forever Be Sure brought me to a new place as they sang lyrics inspired by Psalm 73. And so we have a song and a scripture. And so as we do each week, before we jump into it, let's listen. recently reread Hind's Feet on High Places by Hannah Hernard. It's an allegory telling the journey of Much Afraid as she follows the lead of the shepherd to high places where she will be healed of her deformities, freed from her fears, and given a new name. Now, I've read it before, but it's amazing what a good 30 years of life will do to give you fresh perspective. It is full of scripture references, many of them found in the Song of Solomon, which allowed me to connect to that uh, area of scripture in a fresh and meaningful way. And then one night I opened up to Psalm 73 to read and discovered a portion of what I just read in the book was from right 
here in this Psalm 73. And so it says this in Psalm 73 verses 23 through 26. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may feel, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What a perfect summation of how I feel about God's word and from it, his guidance and my heart's response to that. Now, I realize that some of you aren't quite there yet, and that is why I want to exhort you to take courage and commit to a new level of Bible Bible interaction. I know, I know in the depth of my being that if you will open his word and really begin to interact with it in new ways, that God will meet you there in new ways. But I also know that many of you have tried this before. I I want you to listen to this portion of Hannah Hernard's autobiography. She said, I prayed, but there was no answer. I went to gospel services and was unutterably bored and depressed. I repented, but I couldn't stop doing wrong things. I read the Bible and found it the dullest and most lifeless book in the world. It conveyed absolutely nothing to my longing soul, although it was held up as the infallible word of God. Uh, that is reality. And that may be the reality for many of you listening today. But Hannah's transformation came when she was willing to give God herself and allow him to use her in any way he chose. Her transformation came when she surrendered. God became real and began revealing himself in new ways after she surrendered. And I believe that she was a Christian and had placed her faith in the Lord, but at this in but this was a new level of actual surrender um, at the at this time in her life. So my question to you is: have you surrendered to God in this way? Are you willing to lay down your will on the altar? When you do, and and then you open his word. You will discover his voice is sweeter than any other. You will be able to sing along with the psalmist, who have, who have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. And then you'll be able to dive into his word with greater abandon. And I hope the following bites will help. Now, a quick note on our featured song this week. I really hope you take the time to check it out, especially after you study Psalm 73. It tells a powerful story that is reflected in this psalm. I know it doesn't fall into the category of contemporary Christian music, which is generally the music that I use on the podcast, but it's good for the soul to dabble in other music styles from time to time, don't you think? Uh, Especially for a song like this, it is so powerful. All right, so let's dive into my top Bible interaction tool exercises. And what I'll do is I'll briefly mention how they could be used to study Psalm 73. Uh, But I want to see how many we can get through in our normal 20-ish minute episode. Okay, so I'll start with my top five bites. Now I send this PDF resource to all of my new email subscribers. When you sign up for my email list at michellenizat.com, this is one of the resources I've created for you. Uh, And I I really try to be respectful of your inbox. For the most part, I only email once a week with a recap of the newest podcast episode, live links to resources, all that. So I hope you'll sign up today and get those top five bites. My top bite is read in context. So I loosely define reading in context as reading the chapter before the chapter and the chapter after. 
And when it comes to the Psalms, uh, to read in context means just to read the entire Psalm because it really, they are uh, standalone pieces of, of literature. So this bite, this Bible interaction tool exercise is the one most reported by my listeners as life-changing. So if you're reading a devotion, take the verse at the top and that's usually listed in the devotion, read the entire chapter. If your pastor uses a verse or a set of verses in his sermon, jump back to the chapter before, read the chapter the verses are in and keep reading to the next chapter. Now, sometimes this practice just means you're going to read more scripture, but you don't really glean much else. And I realize that happens. But sometimes you'll understand the intent of the author in new ways. And sometimes God will reveal something profound that you would have missed by sticking with that verse out of context. So if you're following along with Psalm 73, just open the text and read all the way from verse 1 to verse 28. All right, my next bite is repetition. Now, don't let your time in the Bible be one and done. Reading a section of scripture over and over again, it's going to help it sink in and new discoveries will be revealed. So give yourself permission to stay in a chunk of scripture for a longer period of time. I'm talking like over a week or even more. And if you take the bite of repetition, you just you don't even have to think of where to go next. You just sit in that same place and let it sink in. So if you're following along with Psalm 73 this week, That means read this psalm every day, maybe even multiple times a day. You know, like maybe once in the morning and once in the evening or however your schedule works out. All right, my next bite is meditation. Give yourself some time to reflect on what you're reading. We are in a culture of more and more and faster and faster. So slow down and give the spirit a chance to speak through your study. This means moving beyond reading to really thinking about the words. Let them roll around in your mind a bit. Sing sing the song. Sing the song that, that I've listed uh, in the podcast this week. Singing is meditating. So you can ponder and wonder, really think about what you're reading. So I used this week's song actually to help me meditate on Psalm 73. It is a powerful retelling of this scripture. Okay, my next bite is follow the cross references. So following the cross, following up on the cross references in your study Bible or through an online tool is like a treasure hunt. It can lead you to new places in scripture and a deeper understanding. So take verse one of Psalm 73, for example. Psalm 73, one says, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. So Logos is my Bible study software. Uh, the cross reference there sent me to Psalm 24, 4, which reads, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. Uh, so there you have that pure heart, pure in heart. And uh, that phrase pure in heart, though, is also in the Sermon on the Mount. I knew that. So I looked up Psalm, uh, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So once I got to Matthew, I could read in context. I could read Matthew chapters four through six and then meditate on what it is to be pure in heart. So you see how these bites keep working for you. Um, Even though we bumped over to another place in scripture, it could uh, lead me to continue to ponder and meditate and understand in a deeper way. All right, so let's keep moving on to bite number five, which is read in various translations. So enrich your personal study by reading familiar texts in new translations. And my favorites include the English Standard Version, the New International Version, the New Living Translation, and the New American Standard Bible. 
another benefit of reading various translations is that you get to see how scholarly teams of translators determine the words and the meanings of the text. So I'm not a Hebrew or Greek, a Greek scholar, uh, but the translators on these teams are. And you can learn a lot from considering these different translations, these different teams to see what they thought these words should be translated to, um, either because it's a word for word or a thought for thought translation. So here's a warning. I would like you to stick with actual translations at first. Again, uh, I would consider the message and the passion translations not as translations. I would put those in the category of commentary. So it's not like they're completely useless, but just know they're they're much more about opinion than they are translation. They are not a word for word or a thought for thought translation, again, which is what you should aim for. Let's take Psalm 73, 22, just as an example. It says, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. So if I look up this verse in BibleHub.com, uh, I can see in the NIV, it reads, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. In the NLT, I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. In the New American Standard, then I was stupid and ignorant. I was like an animal before you. And in the Berean Standard, I was senseless and ignorant, I was a brute beast before you. Okay, so this was just one verse, but if you studied all of Psalm 73 all week on repeat in various translations, so much could come out of that. Or even like what we've done here, just, just one verse or one thought or one idea that you would study in, a, in multiple translations to see if you can understand the meaning better. All right, that's that's just only five of my bites. Uh, let's see if we can get through at least five more. So bite number six is make a list. Now, I find myself doing this all the time. There are obvious lists in scripture that I find myself skimming over unless I write it out, unless I take, a take the time to make a list. So as it relates to Psalm 73, for example, you could list out the characteristics of the wicked. That might be a list that would naturally um, kind of raise its head as you read this psalm. All right, but let's move on to bite number seven, which is start with God. Now, I know it should be bite number one, right? It's, uh, it is one that I've added over time, but basically this one is to seek what scripture says about God before you seek to see what's in it for you. I definitely think it's um, part of our cultural habit to jump to application. How does this apply to me? Um, how should this change me? These are all good questions to ask, but we need to start with what scripture is revealing about God, because then that really changes our perspective as we seek to how it should change us. So interestingly, this psalm is a lot about the psalmist and his feelings. Again, it's often how we approach God, our problems looming like insurmountable cliffs before us. But make no mistake, by the end of the psalm, we learn a lot about God. So when you start with God, this is what you should be looking for. His character, who he is and what he's like, his conduct, what he's doing, and his concerns, what things or events or people he is concerned about. Uh, you could even pair starting with God with the previous bite and make a list of his character, conduct, and concerns that you see in this section of scripture, in our case, Psalm 73. So here we go, layering these uh, bites again. All right, then bite number eight is historical context. Uh, what was going on in the time the text you're studying was written? What was the culture like then? How should this historical context affect the way I read this scripture? 
You will probably have to consult a study Bible or a commentary to get this information, but it is going to be invaluable as you really want to stay true to the text. So in our case, uh, Psalm 73 is credited to have been written by Asaph. So I would say, who is this guy? So a quick answer is that Asaph was one of three musicians that David appointed for worship. So we could layer in the bite of following cross-references to see what scripture reveals about Asaph. Or we could look him up in a resource like gotquestions.org. There's an article that answers who was Asaph. Okay, so that'll give you the historical context. Bite number nine is to define words. Now, this is as simple as looking up the meaning of a word in a dictionary to increase your understanding. So let's take verse 21 for an example. When my soul was embittered, or when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart. So I asked the question, what, what does embittered mean? And it means to be or to become marked by strong resentment or cynicism. Now, as I'm defining a word, I often like to look up synonyms as well. So I just go to my favorite online thesaurus and I see that it means to become or to cause to become bitter or disenchanted. And here's some of the synonyms. Alienate, anger, poison, sour, disaffect, disillusion, vex, aggravate, discourage, dissatisfy, exacerbate, exasperate, rankle, and there's more. And so when my soul was these things, alienated and poisoned and disillusioned and embittered, okay? And so now when you read these verses together, you have a deeper sense of what was going on in the psalmist's soul. And perhaps you might actually be able to relate on a profound level. Level, to be honest, verse 21, when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Wow. Doesn't that all, it's all starting to come together in new ways just by taking these couple of bites together in this one Psalm. All right, let's keep moving. Bite number 10 is share with a friend. So we are made to be in community with other believers and uh, we read with a friend. You, You can read with a friend to deepen your understanding and broaden your perspective. We have exchanged, however, we've exchanged community with other believers for quiet time with the Lord. And I'm, you can't see me, but I'm using my air quotes here. Um, and I do know that Jesus went off alone to pray, but his interaction with scripture was always in community. Now, I'm not going to say he didn't study scripture on his own. There's no evidence for or against that. But he often talked about scripture in the synagogue, in church services, with his friends, in in, in conversations uh, around the table. And so I just want you to think about that for a minute. If you are not sharing your discoveries or even interacting and studying with others, then you're missing out. I have uh, been blessed beyond measure to learn from other believers as we interact with God's word together. So true to my example, this week I had my daughter read Psalm 73 she's 15. uh, And we talked about what stood out to her. She actually thought verse six was interesting. Um, It says, therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. She, She pointed out that a necklace is an accessory to accentuate or add beauty. And so she said, confidence accentuates your personality and pride is confidence taken to an extreme. And so she thought it was interesting that scripture connected pride and violence and then used like this metaphor of clothing and accessories for each. 
It was a great conversation. You know, something that honestly did not jump out at me like it did my fashion conscious daughter. And so we didn't come to any great deep spiritual ahas, but we had a great conversation together about scripture as we interacted together in community. Is it possible we have time to eke out five more bites? I'd really like to try. All right. So bite number 11 is listen to an audio version. Way back in bite number two, I told you to repeatedly read the text. So listening to an audio version is a wonderful way to get a portion of scripture on repeat. Now, my favorite tool is the YouVersion app because it's free, but I also love Dwell, which is a paid app um, for, they've got a variety of voice actors and things like that that you can listen to. So if you, I mean, I'm one of those girls that puts Siri with a British accent. So if you want that with your scripture, you can do that. But make it a habit to listen to the text at least once during the week. I'm I'm thinking there's a drive or dishes or some other mindless activity that you could fill with scripture. So bite number 11, listen to an audio version. Now bite number 12 is pray. Uh, these, by the way, are not in order of importance because if they were, I think pray should actually be number one. But just speak to your father. Ask him to meet you in the pages of his word. If you are lacking, ask him to give you the desire to read his word. If you're weak, ask him for courage to step forth in obedience. Talk to him. He wants to answer this prayer. Uh, And then bite number 13 is to pray scripture. So I realize that sometimes we don't know what to pray. But once you've sat in a section of scripture and taken all of these other bites, I really hope it will transform your prayers. It will be so in you that it can't help but come out of you. So here's an example prayer that I wrote out of Psalm 73. Dear God, I know all who are far from you shall perish. May I be found faithful right at your side. It is good to be near to you. You are my safe place. Give me the courage to tell others of all your works. All right. Bite number 14 is to read the text aloud. Now, one of the times uh, you read through Psalm 73 this week could be out loud. So read the text out. Reading the text aloud helps me to slow down. It also keeps me from getting distracted. This is a go-to bite for me when my thoughts are bouncing around like a pinball machine. I am one of those people who often just, you know, so many thoughts are running through my head. I have to go back and reread a paragraph over and over and over again. So to read the text aloud is one way to combat that. All right, bite number 15 is remember the people described in the Bible were real. It's easy to think of them as characters in a story, but they really lived and breathed and had hopes and fears and loves and good qualities and a sin nature just like the rest of us. Psalm 73 is easy to relate to for me. I can see the psalmist, Asaph, as a real person because I can relate to getting distracted by the evil around me. Uh, My husband and I like to watch the news, but it, it can keep you riled up if you're not careful. I love how the lyrics of our song puts it. Instead of him, I looked at them. My mind was fixed on mortal men. The more that I tried to understand, the more that my restless rage was fanned. So this psalm helps me kind of pull the balloon down a bit and refix my eyes on the author and finisher of my faith. 
We did it. We successfully introduced 15 bites you can use as you interact with the Bible for yourself in the coming year. I even put them together in a downloadable PDF for you. If you are already a subscriber to my email list, then this resource is in your inbox. But if you are not yet a subscriber, you can gain access to this free PDF resource of these 15 Bible Interaction Tool Exercises at michellekneesat.com forward slash 453 download. So what's next? Well, download the list of 15 Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, pull out Psalm 73, and then begin to apply these bites. Give yourself permission to do this over time or pick and choose the bites that you haven't tried before. And while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneesat or Instagram at michellekneesat. My public Facebook page is michellekneesat and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at New Release Today. And I want to thank my newest subscribers who have subscribed lately, like Melanie from Ohio and Carol from West Virginia. Welcome. Don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be featuring All Praise by Sean Curran to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 453. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.